the community podcast where Savannah and Adamsville, Tennessee meets northern Indiana and southwestern lower Michigan. Welcome to Roaring Light. Combining news and weather from news source one Michiana with great independent Christian music from Roaring Light Radio. Get ready. News and weather is next. This is the latest news headlines in 60 seconds with Alan Edwards. Embattled U.S. Representative George Santos on Thursday told reporters he would resign from office if 142 people urged him to do so amid controversy over a string of false claims about his work and personal background during last year's campaign for office. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced he has appointed a special counsel to take over the investigation into President Joe Biden's potential mishandling of classified documents. U.S. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg said there was no evidence that Wednesday morning's FAA outage affecting domestic flights was caused by cyber terrorism. Speaker Kevin McCarthy and leading Republicans are expected to soon make good on a vow to keep three Democrats from seats on influential committees in the new House. That's the latest headlines in 60 seconds. I'm Alan Edwards. I'm Ruth Kramer with Mission Network News. Two years after the January 6th insurrection in the United States, Brazil sees a similar uprising. We'll hear from a local ministry worker. Plus, fresh controversy shakes Jerusalem. We'll talk about how to pray. That story comes your way in just a few moments. We'll begin today, though, in Brazil, where investigations and more arrests follow last Sunday's chaos. Supporters of Brazil's former president, Jair Bolsonaro, stormed the presidential palace, Congress, and Supreme Court demanding a coup. Ricardo Krasinski with Transworld Radio Brazil says today... We still have uh, people that don't agree with this new government, but the things is calm down right now. Critics accuse Capitol security forces of supporting the protesters. Authorities arrested one ex-security official and issued a warrant for another. The former head of Capitol Police, Anderson Torres, he reportedly gutted the police force before leaving on vacation. The conflict in Brazil reflects a uh, climate of instability in a divided country. Many people don't agree with the direction of uh, our country was going. Brazil's October election was the tightest race in the country's history. Political loyalties run deep and keep society fragmented. TWR Brazil endorses a different response. We encourage the exercise of meekness and self-control characteristic of uh, fruit of Holy Spirit. Pray for peace in Brazil and unity among the followers of Christ. Next, foreign ministers from Turkey, Syria, and Russia plan to meet this month, and it could happen as early as this week. Such a meeting would mark the highest level talks between Turkey and Syria since the Syrian war began 12 years ago. The United Nations calls Syria one of the most complex humanitarian and protection emergencies on the planet. Samuel with Redemptive Stories tells us it's an ugly, ugly and continuing to worsen situation, particularly with winter coming. Fighting has lessened on the ground. Still, it shows no sign of completely stopping. It would be easy if there were just two factions fighting each other. But you've got Turkey in the mix, Iran, some rebel holdouts, the Kurdish regional area. And that's not the worst of it. The greatest war they're facing right now is the economic war. Rising prices continue to make it unbearable for people to live. Believers see no light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. The hope is in Jesus. That's pretty much it, because it feels like 
a slow decline into uncertainty and nothingness. And yet hope remains. In the midst of this brokenness, God's doing some amazing things. People are coming to faith and seeing true hope. Pray for strength as Syrian believers offer help in Christ's name. Pray against the powers that continue to negatively affect the stability of the country, the economic situation. And finally, an ultra-nationalist Israeli minister visited the Temple Mount earlier in January, drawing international criticism. It's the first visit by a high-ranking Israeli official in years due to a tenuous political situation. The site is revered by both Jews and Muslims. Denise Godwin with International Media Ministry says, What I find fascinating is the wrestling over where you can pray and who holds a piece of the religious market and who should and who shouldn't be where to pray at any given time. And it's just sort of fascinating that in history, these things repeat themselves, whether that's in Jerusalem or in other parts of the world. IMM recreates biblical stories through film, including many that took place in Jerusalem and surrounding areas. We have always been very intentional, very um, careful to focus on basic biblical truths in our stories, and actual history that's provable. So we don't ever talk about politics. We don't ever talk about other religions when we create a program in partnership with North Africa, for example. We never mention Islam or anything to do with that. Ask God to bring peace and justice to Jerusalem and the surrounding land, and pray the love of Jesus would foster healing. Thanks for listening to Mission Network News, a service of One Way Ministries. We're listener-supported by people just like you. So by giving to Mission Network News, you enable us to keep the stories of God's kingdom coming. So join us here on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also find us on Alexa, iTunes, or TWR360. Look for links at missionnews.org. I'm Ruth Kramer. Here is your dual community weather forecast. First for Michiana residents, ML King Day Rain, mainly after 11 a.m., high near 43. South wind around 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 90%. New precipitation amounts between a quarter and half of an inch possible. Tonight rain likely, mainly before 11 p.m. Cloudy, with a low around 42. South wind around 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 60%. Tuesday mostly cloudy, with a high near 42. Southwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. Tuesday night cloudy, with a low around 33. West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. Wednesday a 20% chance of rain after 1 p.m. Mostly cloudy, with a high near 41. West wind around 5 miles per hour becoming northeast in the afternoon. Now for the Hardin County, Tennessee. Residents, M. Elking Day a 40% chance of showers, mainly after 11 a.m. Cloudy, with a high near 61. South wind 10 to 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Tonight showers and thunderstorms likely before 3 a.m., then a chance of showers. Patchy fog between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. Otherwise cloudy, with a low around 54. South wind 5 to 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 70%. New rainfall amounts between a tenth and quarter of an inch, except higher amounts possible in thunderstorms. Tuesday partly sunny, with a high near 69. West-southwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tuesday night mostly cloudy, with a low around 52. Calm wind. 
Wednesday, isolated severe thunderstorms are a possibility Wednesday and Wednesday night. More on this in Wednesday's podcast. Showers likely, mainly afternoon. Cloudy, with a high near 70. Light south-southeast wind becoming south 5 to 10 mph in the morning. Winds could gust as high as 25 mph. Chance of precipitation is 60%. New precipitation amounts between a tenth and quarter of an inch possible. Wednesday night showers and possibly a thunderstorm before midnight, then a chance of showers. Low around 51. Southwest wind 5 to 10 mph, with gusts as high as 30 mph. Chance of precipitation is 90%. New precipitation amounts between a half and three quarters of an inch possible. Hello, happy Monday. My name is Keith Thews. Welcome to Roaring Light for Martin Luther King Day and Tuesday after 2023. Today we're going to be doing things a little bit different because it is Martin Luther King Jr.'s national holiday. So we're going to pause and reflect and remember and listen to that speech of I Had a Dream. Martin Luther King, the great civil rights leader of the late 1950s and, and through the 1960s, um, was prominent in dealing with nonviolence as a way to handle the attitude of the time of the South. And he, alongside many others, succeeded in bringing about change and getting laws to help the African-American community all over the United States, especially uh, here in the South. You know, um, tornado hit Selma, Alabama on Friday, and a lot of uh, destruction, I believe it was six killed or seven killed, but Selma was a big part of the civil rights movement. We had the Emmett Pettus Bridge that was so well documented. And so many other stories um, just came out of that time. And so this show we're going to take time to remember Dr. King. Um, I also have some important information I need to share with you regarding uh, bus schedules. That'll be coming up uh, for those of you in Elkhart Community Schools up there in Indiana. Uh, so you need to be aware of that. And uh, we're also going to be playing some songs, but not as many because it is time to pause and reflect. So what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be going to an event? Are you going to be just relaxing today? Are you going to work as usual? Are you going to school as usual? Or is your school off today because of the national holiday that was uh, put into law back during Ronald Reagan's administration? Or are you going to be serving in your community in some way? Are you going to take part in a march or breakfast or lunch? What are you going to do? Well, take time to remember what he did and many others. Malcolm X wanted to do a more violent way and later on then we had the Black Power Movement and 
and Stokey Carmichael, if you remember that name. And now in the 20s, 2019, 2020, we have the Black Lives Matter. And maybe you can reflect on how that in this time frame, you know, would compare and does it have the same power as it did and same reaction and, and, and outcome as back then in Martin Luther King's time. And so right now, let's go ahead and take pause for our remembrance of Dr. King. the home. 
Pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. One hundred years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. This nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream 
that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. And every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. Not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, 
we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. The rest of the story. Marty just plain felt guilty. He didn't need a reason. He simply felt that way most of the time. Give you an example. When Marty was 12, his 11-year young brother slid down the banister, shot off the end of the banister, accidentally collided with grandmother, knocked the old woman out cold, and Marty thought she was dead. But here's the strange part. Marty blamed himself. Maybe thought he could have prevented the accident or something. Anyway. Marty took it so personally that he went upstairs to one of the bedrooms, opened the window, and jumped out. Jumped right out the window. Well, as it turned out, neither Marty nor his grandmother was in the least injured, but let me explain something further. Many months later, that same grandmother became ill, was rushed to the hospital. There was a parade going on in town, so Marty slipped out to see the parade. That's right. Grandma died in the hospital, and Marty, once more overcome by irrational guilt, went home, went upstairs to the bedroom, and jumped out the window again. This was not for show now. Nobody was watching, and yet, as he had before, Marty fell two stories. Picked himself up and dusted himself off completely unhurt, and most significantly feeling as though he had somehow atoned for his imagined negligence. I don't think anybody can say for sure but I have an idea of where this needlessly guilty conscience came from. And that's the rest of the story. When Marty was six, his best friends were the grocer's sons who lived across the street. They spent a lot of time together until one day. The boy's mother answered the door. Marty asked, can the guys come out and play? And the woman said her sons were not at home. But Marty had seen them come home only minutes before, and he told her so. Well, the woman stiffened. All right, Marty wanted the truth. The boys were no longer permitted to play with him. She gave Marty the reason and slammed the door. That, quite plausibly, was the day young Marty started feeling guilty for everything, even the things that were not his fault. You never, before this last four minutes, you never knew the child who jumped out a second-story window as a personally prescribed penance for sins that he never committed. You never knew that little boy who went home crying when he lost what seemed like the two best friends he'd ever have. But eventually, the little boy grew into a man, and he learned not to misplace blame, and more important, to place it where it belonged. You see, the reason the grocer's wife decided to keep her sons away from Marty to keep her sons away from six-year-old Martin Luther King Jr. was the predictable one. The grocer's family was white and Martin was not. You'll recall that toward the end of his life, Martin Luther King Jr. told us he had a dream, a dream that one day his own children would be judged not by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. Now you have revisited the day that dream was born. Because now you know the rest of the story. Looking for ways to remember 
delinquency of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Here is something just for you. If you are in the Michigan City area, you can join the Michigan City Black Business Association at the Salvation Army to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day. They will start at 9 a.m. with their service project, and at 10 a.m. the program will begin. And the Salvation Army is located at 1201 Franklin Street in Michigan City. And this will take place on Monday, January 16th. Take care and have a wonderful day. Here are some Martin Luther King events that are coming up in or around the local area. You can head over on Monday, January 16th to the History Museum in South Bend as well as the Studebaker National Museum. And from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., they will be given free admission. In Elkhart, kicking off at 7.30, you can head over to the Elkhart Public Library for a free breakfast, followed by a meeting at the Civic Plaza at 9.30 to march over to the Community Baptist Church, where there will be a service at 10 a.m. with lunch to follow. Hope you get a chance to remember and enjoy some of the Martin Luther King events that are happening in and around your local area. Take care. And welcome back to Roaring Light for Martin Luther King Day. There is a couple of posts that I want you to take a look at if you are in uh, Elkhart County on News Source 1, Michiana side of things, uh, regarding a proposal in the state and in the county, Elkhart County, uh, dealing with banning certain library books. And um, Aaron Mishler has made a couple of posts, and these um, even a response from the uh, public libraries in response to the idea of banning books. And so we need you to take a look at that important information. And if you so in, uh, are inclined to uh, support uh, the opposition of that, um, the library response, which posted on New Source One Michiana page, um, gives who you can write to um, to contact to, to oppose this literary ban and even talking about as crazy as it sounds the jailing of librarians yeah i'm not making that up it's mentioned in aaron's post um to the response so please please take a look at those posts on news source one michiana um the meeting is at nine o'clock on tuesday up there in elkhart county so uh Take a look at it, please. It's uh, very important. And uh, send in your feedback. We need to hear from you. Um, either on our page and definitely uh, uh, get in touch with Aaron Mishler if you have any further uh, discussions. And so right now, uh, we're going to go ahead and turn everything over to the other important issue, uh, which will affect uh, you and Elkhart. Uh, for bus lines through Elkhart Community Schools. They've revised the uh, transportation routes, and so we are doing our part here on the podcast to uh, share that information to you. Uh, Michiana 101 will be back 
uh, Sylvia has promised to bring that podcast back on Thursday. So look forward to that. Anyway, on to the bus information. In an effort to be as efficient as possible, the ex-transportation department has recently completed a mid-year evaluation of routes and identified areas where various routes can be combined. Combining routes helps ensure buses are running efficiently and allows more flexibility to better accommodate driver absences. Please note the following changes, effective Tuesday, January 17, 2023. Beardsley. Students who currently ride bus 139 will be riding bus number 5 or bus number 48. This change will only impact the timing of bus stops for students who ride bus 139. A solo. Students who currently ride bus 108 will be riding bus number 91, bus number 126, or bus number 154. This change will only impact the timing of bus stops for students who ride bus 108. Riverview. Students who currently ride bus 98 will be riding bus number 50, bus number 130, or bus number 155. This change will only impact the timing of bus stops for students who ride bus 98. Woodland. Students who currently ride bus 158 will be riding bus number 16, bus number 40, bus number 106, or bus number 118. This change will impact students who ride all five buses to varying degrees, depending on stop locations. Freshman Division. Students who currently ride bus 139 will be riding bus number 119. The location and timing of stops will not change. Students who currently ride bus 98 will be riding bus number 53 or bus number 93. This change will only impact the timing of bus stops for students who ride bus 98. Elkhart High School. Students who currently ride bus 158 will be riding bus number 155. The location and timing of stops will not change. Students who currently ride bus 108 will be riding bus number 15 or bus number 45. This change will only impact the timing of bus stops for students who ride bus 108. Students who currently ride bus 155 will be riding bus number 87 or bus number 121. This change will only impact the timing of bus stops for students who currently ride bus 155. Students who are impacted have received a printed note from their school with specific information, including their bus number, pickup time, and drop-off time. If you have additional questions, please contact the Elkhart Community Schools Transportation Department at 574-262-5695 between the hours of 8.30 a.m. and 3 p.m. We appreciate your patience and understanding while these changes are implemented. Let's take a look at what's happening in Savannah Community Happenings for Savannah, Tennessee, courtesy of The Courier, which is $1, comes out every Thursday uh, for the city of Savannah. Uh, the top story on the front page of the latest edition is in regards to the Community Food Bank. Yes, the uh, Community Food Bank is in strong jeopardy of being closed. There are some USDA cutbacks and the uh, worry is that there's not enough food uh, to supply the needs of the community in the, in the food bank. And so there is a good possibility that that food bank may be closing. You can find out more about that in the Savannah Courier. Let's take a look real quick at what's happening on Tuesday. Three events happening. The Savannah Rotary Club is meeting from noon to 1 o'clock at Molly Mondays. They're on 275 Eureka. 
The meeting happens every Tuesday. The VFW Post 4606 is meeting at 7 o'clock. And that is the post building on the airport road. It is a smoke-free post. And finally, the Savannah Area Beekeepers Association is meeting at the TVEC building from 7 to 8 o'clock on Tuesday. So those are the uh, community happenings for Tuesday. We'll have another update for you on the Wednesday podcast of Roaring Light. But do take a look if you're in Savannah at the Savannah Courier's latest uh, newspaper uh, talking about the food bank and its jeopardy of being closed. Today, three prayers for parents who want to raise their children for the Lord. This is Truth Itself. These prayer suggestions come from michaelkelly.com. First, Lord, help my children love your word. We know as Christians that reading the Bible is vitally important. God's word is the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. It is the measuring stick of all truth and reality. It is the means by which we know who God is and what he desires from us. Second, Lord, help my children have a backbone. If you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. Isaiah 7, 9. This was the word of the Lord through his prophet to a trembling king when faced with adversaries. It was an admonishment to not look to the size of the enemies at hand, but instead trust in the power of God on his behalf. Stand up. Let your backbone be fortified with the truth of the promises and power of God. And finally, Lord, help my children be quick to repent. We all know that sin has a creeping factor to it. The longer you allow sin to maintain its grip in your heart, the longer it remains hidden and unconfessed, the more it grows. And eventually, inevitably, it grows to something you could not have imagined. For that reason, let us pray together that our children would not just get caught doing whatever it is they're doing, but that they would be quick to repent. For as they repent, they will experience the love and grace of a heavenly parent that is far better than we are. Timothy Kroll from the Helios Projects says we have a solid plan in 2023 to train untrained pastors around the world who have absolutely no Bible or theology training due to the fact they can't afford it. He's preparing to take training to pastors in need in Ecuador and Peru in February and March. Please pray for these trips. At trainapastor.com, $150 trains three pastors. That's trainapastor.com. You can see these stories and more on our website, truthitself.com. Truth Itself, news that impacts your faith, family, and country. The Public News Service Daily Newscast for MLK Day, January the 16th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. Following the example of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. honored today for his civil rights work, one organization in North Carolina is finding ways to help reverse racial disparities in the state. The Kate B. Reynolds Charitable Trust wants to change the systems that cause inequalities and break the cycle that perpetuates poverty. Trust President Laura Girard says while philanthropic groups like hers traditionally try to solve racial disparities by awarding money to nonprofits, she's now taking what she calls a systems approach 
directing resources to groups working on the root causes of those disparities in North Carolina at the local level. Many of whom are led by people of color or immigrant groups to help increase the power and agency for communities experiencing poverty. We invest in legal aid, for example, of North Carolina. We invest in the North Carolina Justice Center. We invest in the North Carolina Rural Center. Gerard says agencies like these can have an immediate effect in the community and assist people who might otherwise fall into the poverty cycle. The trust awards $20 million a year to nonprofits and advocacy groups that are devoted to change at the ground level. I'm Mark Moran. And as the nation celebrates the revolutionary words and thoughts of these civil rights activists who fought for racial justice, tomorrow, tomorrow marks a National Day of Racial Healing. Lejeune Montgomery Tabron with the W.K. Kellogg Foundation says tomorrow's national recognition is a day meant to support the people living out the actions of Dr. King's dreams. She says it's all about relationship and trust building to promote racial healing. And then building a dialogue that allows them to understand the impact that are happening in their communities and to work together to change those practices and policies Tebron says achieving racial equity comes down to looking at those practices and policies that may disadvantage some and not others, but then thinking about how to proactively transform those systems to enable dreams and the pursuit of opportunities. I'm Alex Gonzalez reporting. And now from USA Today, President Biden took his battle for the soul of the nation Sunday to the pulpit of the historic Atlanta church that Martin Luther King Jr. was led. Biden drew on King's legacy and called on Americans to follow the minister's example in order to redeem the country and restore faith in institutions. USA Today quotes Biden as saying the battle for the soul of this nation is perennial. It's a constant struggle between hope and fear, kindness and cruelty, justice and injustice against those who traffic in racism, extremism and insurrection. This is Public News Service. Nationwide, female students have been opting out of college at more than twice the rate of males since 2020. That's according to a new National Student Clearinghouse Research Center report. And many do not return to complete a certificate or a degree. Dr. Angie Pachoni directs Colorado's Department of Higher Education, which works to expand post-secondary education opportunities for Colorado students. She says the state is breaking that national trend. Our most recent data from 2021 shows that we were at about 54% enrollment of women, which was higher than our pre-pandemic enrollment, higher than almost any year in the last decade. She says Colorado has made real progress addressing some of the barriers to student success. Many colleges help connect students with affordable housing, offer food banks for students experiencing food insecurity, and can tap emergency funds if a simple car repair is keeping a student from attending class. There are also zero-cost education pathways to careers and sectors with high worker demand, including health care, where students can actually earn a paycheck as they pursue a certificate or degree. I'm Eric Galatis. Meantime, 1 in 11 Missouri children and 1 in 13 nationally will lose a parent or sibling by the age of 18. Deborah Van Fleet reports on a Missouri organization that helps families cope with these losses. Childhood grief that isn't dealt with can have short and long-term negative effects, including school problems, mental health issues, and even a shortened lifespan. 
Becky Byrne with Annie's Hope, the Center for Grieving Kids in Glendale, explains kids grieve differently than adults, so it isn't always obvious when they are struggling. She says anyone can help a grieving child if they can overcome their fear and discomfort. And if you can't figure out what to say, just simply say, I want to be able to help you. I do not know what to say. You don't have to be a trained professional. All you have to be is human and willing to open up yourself to hear somebody else's pain. I'm Deborah Van Fleet. Finally, our Brett Pivotal tells us advocates of medical aid in dying are sharing recent statements by the Maryland governor-elect, Wes Moore, in support of patients having that option. The governor-elect was asked last week at a summit about his support for bodily autonomy in the context of -of end-of-life decisions. Moore spoke about his own experience with family members near death and said, as a state, Maryland should protect the ability for people to make, quote, independent decisions about the suffering that they are enduring, end quote. The question was posed by the president of Marylanders for End-of-Life Options, retired internist Dr. Michael Strauss. I was really impressed with how much it was from the heart. Clearly, he'd had personal experiences where at least he knew about all the issues. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for starting your week with Public News Service, member and listener supported. Here is on interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, looking in more detail today at the weekend's execution in Iran of Ali Reza Akbari, a British-Iranian dual national who was sentenced to death for allegedly spying for the UK. He strenuously denied those allegations, claiming that he'd been tortured into making a false confession after being enticed back to Iran from Britain to participate in a business negotiation. Deepa Parent, an independent journalist based in Paris, is covering the ongoing political uprising in Iran for The Guardian newspaper and says there is a link to Mr Akbari's execution. They have executed already four protesters and although Ali Reza Akbari's execution has got nothing to do with the protests, is what they would like us to believe, but that's not true. They want to make sure the protesters know and they are they remain at home in fear that they are ready to execute as many people, whether they're related to the protest or not. So they haven't just executed protesters, they've executed people who were in the jail for the past few months on other charges. They're just increasing this tyranny of, of, of killing their own people. The British government condemned Saturday's execution, saying Mr Akbari's death was a callous and cowardly act carried out by a barbaric regime, and said the UK will introduce fresh sanctions against Iran as a result. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Moses went up on the mountain to speak to God himself. And he sat down and he listened as the words began to come out. Then he peered. Yeah. 
Come down to me. 
Break me down just to make me whole 
forget to take time for ourselves we're so busy most of us work most of us have a family most of us go to school and we forget that we need to take time for ourselves a lot of us are go-getters we keep going like energize the bunny and we don't stop it's okay to not be okay but it's also okay to take a break and tell people no you cannot complete something, or you cannot do this and that. We all need to find the balance between our busyness of work, school, and home life, our friends, what that looks like. At least once a week, most of us will attend a Sunday church, which is supposed to be the day of rest. But we are busy in that day. Everything is open. Some of us, that's the only day that we can do household stuff, depending on what our week look, looks like. Some of us know who God is, but we don't think about who he is. 
there's some of us who are listening in on this who don't who know Jesus, but they're not fully accepting of who he is in their heart. And that's okay too. Sometimes in the busyness of life, pausing is simply a 30-second thing. Thanking God for something good in your day. Thanking him for waking you up today. Thanking him for waking your family and friends up today. That's a blessing. Could it be that we don't pause when we should? Or we know we need to take a break, but we're always doing something all the time. If you would write down everything that you do in a week, you'd be busy. We all would be busy. I know for me, every Sunday, I go to two churches. One in the morning, one in the, and one in the evening. On Mondays, it's Bible study. On Tuesdays, it's family night. Every three weeks or so, I have a leadership meeting. Once a month, it is Embrace, which is a women's Bible study group. Every three months, I serve the faith mission. And I'm always saying I'm very busy. I work five days a week. So I am saying I'm busy throughout the week. And so reality, my schedule looks like on Saturday mornings, I will do most of my housework. And I always pick either a middle of the week or Fridays to just sit back and do nothing. That never works, though. I can never sit back and do nothing. I'm always doing something. Something. Whatever it may be, I do something. Little by little, day by day, we are busy. But little by little, day by day, we can pause and realize that we're not busy as we are. The busiest people are the ones who are on the go 24-7. Sometimes we are on the go 24-7, depending on your situation. If you are a parent and you have kids, you understand that. You wake up probably before the crack of dawn, get ready for school, and then probably after school activities, the kids have to be in, and they're expected to be in bed by 8, 8.30. Well, realistically, in order to be in bed by 8, 8.30, these kids could not do anything throughout the day. They wouldn't be able to do anything. It'd be a push. Some people have to work double jobs. There's a lot of busyness that we have to do. There is people who don't have any, don't have any little ones running around holding teenagers and they're still busy. We're always busy. We wake up, whatever time we wake up, and we're on the go till we go to bed. Sometimes there's no time for rest. So by the end of the day, everyone's exhausted and tired. <sighs> Breathe. Breathe in. Breathe out. Sometimes pausing is something that takes patience. It's something that we all need to work on. We all struggle in finding time for ourselves. There's a lot of times where we will say, we need to stop doing this and that, but we're still going to do that. We're still going to do it because that's our nature. You have people that take advantage of people too. And they don't know when to stop. But it's up to you to tell people, no, I cannot because I need rest. We're busy, busy, busy. How many of you are busy 24 days a week? There's not 24 days a week. That doesn't make no sense. How many of you are say you're busy 24 hours in a day? If we're supposed to get 8 hours of sleep, 
we would probably have to go to bed at 7 o'clock for most of us to wake up on time for work. That's early. But then there comes we have to watch our TV shows. And so we're busy. Then comes the fantastic household work that we have to get done. Making time for that. You gotta cook. You gotta eat. Sometimes we need to sit in silence. A moment of silence. Whatever that looks like. Maybe you need to scream outside just to release whatever is happening in your brain. Maybe it's a journaling. I figure out where in our life that we have time. Now I know that everybody has at least five minutes in their life where they can just stop and not be so busy. Those are you drive. If you're by yourself in a car, by yourself in your car, you can crank up that radio and just sing away. No one's in the car with you but you. But you gotta pay attention to the roads and you're driving and that, but you can still sing in the car. If you're by yourself at home, you can binge watch your favorite Netflix show if you got Netflix or whatever streaming service you have, you got it, and you have your popcorn, your ice cream, all that. You can do that. They say you're supposed to pay yourself a week, an hour of your wage. That means whatever you make one hour, you spend that on yourself. That is hard to do. Pausing. That is actually my word of the year. And it has been a struggle to actually sit down and pause and figure out what I cannot do in my life. I have to plan. I'm a planner by nature. I have to write down everything that I'm doing. And it changes day by day. But always, I have plenty of time to get stuff done. I just don't want to do it. And that's a problem. We all have plenty of time to get stuff done. We just don't want to do it. We don't want to do it because life gets in the way. What can we do to make our life easier? I don't know the answer to that is, but it's taking a break and just taking a break. Pause and give yourself time to rest. Whatever that resting day may be. One day a week, make it to where you're not doing nothing. Take a nap. If you can take a nap, go ahead and take a nap. Maybe you need to turn off that TV. Well, most of us have lived through the age where we did not have TVs, so we're outside. Now, the generation, they have everything. They have smartphones, they have the TVs, they have the game systems, they have the computers, they have everything, and so everyone's glued to that TV. We're glued to it. Could we take time away from that television or the game system or whatever it is? Yes, we could. We could pause. And let it go. Well, we can't do that. Adults do it. Children do it. Teenagers do it. Everyone does it. Everyone is attaching some device. This generation is. Back then, it wasn't that case. You didn't have anything to do, so you had nothing but to stay outside. Now you can't. Because there's plenty to do inside. If you can, find ways to be outside Ways to take away from that busyness. And remember to pause. It's better if you take a break and you pause. Every devotional podcast with pause, I have said, 
find your favorite song and crank up that music and I don't care in the world. I've been doing that at work. I'll start singing random songs. The coworkers think there's something wrong if I'm not dancing or singing or something. The kids pick up on it. So we take everyone, take time to breathe, let go, let God. If anything, if you learn anything about pausing, it's to figure out your best balance between you and yourself. You yourself have to figure out what you can do to make your life less chaotic, what you can do to pause in life. Nobody can tell you what you tell that. You are the only person who could take the effort to find time for yourself. There's a lot of things we can do. We're busy in life and everything else. So challenge for you is to just sit back. Sometime we just need to breathe. Challenge you this week to find ways to be less busy. What does it look like? Write your schedule down for the week and figure out what you can do to take a break. There's People are busy every day of the week, but there is time to pause. Hope you learn a lot about ways to pause and what pausing looks like. We will have another mini-series coming up. I pray that you find your ways to just be yourself and let God Give it to God if you're struggling in any area of your life. Take care and have a wonderful day. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below.